man, I bet you're wondering how I got here, why I'm wearing a mask, why I have 50 rolls of toilet paper and a lifetime worth of hand sanitizer. Well, ever since the Romans shut down the world, everyone was crazy, and life hasn't been the same. To understand everything that went down, we have to go back a year ago, ago, ago. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I did everything possible to try not to laugh. <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Hughes of Love. See, I almost forgot to do it. <laughs> I'm your host, Marcus, and I have with me my wife and co-host, the Mrs. Kisa Hughes. Hello. You were so silly. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's needed. It. Mm -hmm. I, I can't believe it's been a year already since the pandemic and life has been pretty crazy over the last past year. Yeah, it has. This pandemic has caused the divorce rates to rise, depression and suicide rates to increase. And as we all know, our economy did a huge nosedive, among many other things that happened as well. Right. So, like, what were your initial thoughts when we found out that everything was going to shut down? Like, first of all, I still can't believe it's already been a year. But, yeah, what were your initial thoughts when everything officially shut down? Um, well, the first thing I thought was I get to stay home. <laughs> and that was, that was big for me only because um, I felt like I could, you know, sleep in a little bit and um, not have to walk to my car to go home or have to wait to get picked up or anything like that. So I think the first thought was, you know, the freedom and, and being able to wake up closer to the time I have to log in <laughs> and catch up on some sleep. But I think that, you know, I didn't understand the full gravity of what that all entailed or how long it would it would last. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't want to say I didn't take it seriously. Um, I think that... I knew it was a pretty big deal um, just because of some of the people that I was talking to that were in the know. Um, but again, I think I just didn't know that it would be this big. Right. Yeah. Like, I just remember when the school shut down and they were like, the kids will be home for 14 days. <laughs> and I was like, this doesn't feel like it's going to be 14 days. I right. feel like it's going to be longer. And I remember saying that to people and they were like, no, it's only going to be two weeks and the kids will be right back to school. And I just remember thinking like, no, something tells me that this is going to be much longer <laughs> than just two weeks. But I would have never thought it was going to be a whole year. Right. Um, I was thinking maybe like a month or something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just like, ooh. We don't have to go anywhere for a couple of weeks. Like, I was looking forward to not having to, like, because I, I think at the time, soccer had just started. Right. The girls were, like, full-fledged dance. We were ending their dance season, so it was, like, high-intensity dance time. Um, somebody else was playing a sport. Like, you know, they were in school, and so it was running back. I, I lived in the car. The baby was the baby. Was a baby. Yeah. He was still pretty new. And so I just remember thinking, like, same thing like you, like, oh, we don't have to, like, live by a schedule for a couple of weeks. Oh, that's nice. 
Like yeah. we can just kind of wake up when we need to wake up. But then, um, you know, like week one went by and I actually just saw recently on my phone, a picture that I took a year ago. And I remember freaking out because Dauphin County had four cases. And I, <laughs> Like looking back, four, it's four like cases. there was four <laughs> cases, and I remember looking back, like like looking back at it, I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, I remember being like, don't you know, like, don't do anything, don't you know, whatever. Um, a lot of the practices that we still use today, I remember ordering our groceries because I was like, I'm not going anywhere. But we kind of started preparing for something to potentially happen before we officially got shut down. Cause you remember that day when they shut down the school, we were actually, the trunk was filled with stuff from Costco. Yeah. Um, because I had kind of already gotten that sense that something was going to happen, just not necessarily sure when, but yeah, I, I just knew it was serious. I didn't know how serious it was Yeah. until like a couple weeks later. I mean, even then, when they were like, wear a mask. Like, and I was like, oh gosh, remember I was going online trying to order a mask and like oh, the man, Etsy yeah. stores were out. Yeah. And like, that we had people, thank God, Everything who were like, sold out. Yeah. Backlog. But that was even the time, remember when people were like, I'll wear a mask when they um, tell me what kind. And I was like, no, they said, get a mask. Like, get a mask. And it yeah. was like, um, yeah, I remember we just had friend. I had a friend actually who she made them and sent them to us. Um, and then from there, it was just find all the fabric we have and who can make these masks. And yeah, I would have never known a year later that we'd like have high quality masks now and that that was going to be something that we'd be wearing like we all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah, I would have, I knew it was serious, just not as serious as it has been. Probably the thing Maybe when we first had somebody close to us get it, it was probably the first time where I was just like, ooh. Right. Ooh, this thing is real, yeah. real. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how has the shutdown impacted our marriage? Um, well, unlike the stat that you, well, you didn't give a figure, but, you know, one of the, the facts I think that it's really impacted our marriage in a, in a very positive way. Um, yeah, I would agree. Uh, it might not have felt that way initially, but I think what happened was we were forced to really confront some of the things that we didn't really get, have the opportunity to. We didn't really have an opportunity to communicate nearly as much as we um, did once, you know, everything shut down. Right. Like we were living and passing. Um, we didn't have the opportunity really to spend a lot of time just because of how much I was working. And then also with all of the girls' um, activities right. and everything else. So it really allowed for us to focus on us. Right. Us as, you know, husband and wife, but then also as parents. And so during that time, I think we really were just able to analyze the things that were that needed to be worked on and to celebrate the things in the areas where you know where we were strong right so i think that you know um it impacted us in a very positive way and in a way that 
I don't, you know, I mean, until we're retired, we'll, we'll probably never have that opportunity again. Yeah, I would agree. So, you know, I mean, for all that have suffered or lost, you know, it was a great tragedy and nothing to make light of. But I think for us personally, in our household, it really was a good thing in a lot of ways because it really... Like not the pandemic itself, but being able to being, be home together. Being home right. and being able to um, talk, to spend time, to right. prioritize, you know, what is um, most important to us and to really um, focus on goals and moving forward and different things. Again, because of all of the distractions that, you know, life... Um, really threw at us or or we were just kind of enthralled in life. Um, we didn't have the opportunity. So it was a really positive thing, I think, for us. Yeah, I would say that it forced us, forced us to stop. Um, we were forced to pause everything that we thought we were doing right and reevaluate. Um, because like you said, between your crazy work schedule the girls' school schedule and their sports schedule, we were really living in passing. Um, not intentional, but it was like, when I look back, I think there may have been like a smooth half an hour to an hour a day where we were like together, um, except for the weekends. But even on the weekends, then we would spend a lot of time with friends. We would have, you know, their games and whatever the case may be, um, whatever we had, right. There was always something. So there was never really like intentional time. And it was like, once the world shut down, like we were forced to be in our home, um, which gave us a lot of time to, like you said, just reevaluate, talk, figure out where we wanted life to be. Um, that was also like the time where we had made another major life decision, um, didn't know how we were going to really plan it out or do it. And it gave us the time to be able to do that. So, yeah, although I feel for people who, um, didn't have a good outcome in terms of their marriages because of COVID, I do believe, or because of the pandemic, not necessarily because of, um, the virus, but I do believe that for us it was a, it was a good thing. Like we needed it. We needed to be shut in yeah. <laughs> and allowed to be able to I spend I think it's time. important to say that even though we were saying that it was a very positive thing for us, it wasn't easy. Like right. the big thing was that it really forced us to be uncomfortable. Um, right. We had to and almost to relearn. deal with, like I said, to deal with things. And right. we had to really take the time to speak and listen and interact and correct things that had probably been built incorrectly and to tear up that foundation and lay ground for, you know, a better, more solid foundation and to um, really just, you know, lean into the discomfort of everything that comes with being in a house more than most of the day, every day, with a family of six. Right. Yeah. Cause I would say, um, even for us, just, we had to go back to square one when it came to our communicating. Right. Because like I said, because we were only around each other, 
you know, we could do a quick text or a phone call or something like that. But it had been a long time since we had like hours where we could sit down and talk mm-hmm. or an evening where when the kids went to bed, we had nothing to do and we could just sit down and figure out life and talk about our future or even like, even that, like plan our future, what we wanted to see in the next year, what we, right. what we wanted to see in the next five years, what we wanted to see in the next 10 years. It was always things that we talked about doing, but we could never find the time to do. Um, but then I think it was a lot of in communicating is it was relearning who each other were um, because you went from working this crazy, crazy schedule to now having free time to being able to kind of relearn who you were, right? So as you're navigating and figuring out what are the things that you like to do, what are the things that you want to spend time on, what are, you know what I mean? Like those type of things. I had to learn that it was okay to allow you to figure those out and navigate those things. Um, But I think the same thing with me. It took a lot of figuring out like, wait a second, like (laughs) who am I in this situation and how am I going to survive this thing? And it also took a whole lot of therapy. Because it was just a whole lot. Because yeah. I think that when you're forced to, and, you know, we we are very honest here. And we did um, spend a lot of time in um, therapy and, and marriage counseling. And it wasn't because there was anything wrong with our marriage. We knew that we had a goal that we wanted to set for our marriage. And because yeah. now we had the opportunity to really sit down and talk out some things and go through some things and make sure that we were on the same path and on the right um, track, we took advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are something else that we really went through, I guess, is we had to relearn and navigate our responsibilities in terms of parenting. Um, so you can talk about that if you want to first, because I remember how well, that I think played that out, how we started versus where we are now. <laughs> naturally being home more, it gave me opportunity to take up some of the responsibility that you would typically shoulder, you know, being at home by yourself. So not that, you know, I'm parenting the entire day because I still have have work. work. I'm still able to be a presence or be a voice when, you know, that wasn't always afforded to you right and i mean best case scenario i'm gonna call you dead and then you actually call (laughs) (laughs) right but now you know i can address um situations kind of in real time and when moments happen and help to um you know partner with you to parent and to do chores and different things around the house um until I have to go to my second job. Right. But um, yeah, I think that it was just a matter of um, helping to lighten the load a little bit and to um, be more of a presence in parenting our children who found a way to be in my business work-wise or otherwise (laughs) as much as they possibly could. Right. Yeah. um, Yeah. But it's, been challenging at times but I think that it's been great being able to watch them and to see them grow and um, really help raise them in a uh, a real way right it's been really 
for me, it was like that big sigh of relief. Um, because as long as we've been married and as long as we've been having children, you have always worked. And thank you. I, sh- I want to say that publicly. Thank you so much for your willingness to sacrifice in that area for our family. But you have always been willing to work multiple jobs so that we can succeed and move forward in life. Um, but that also comes with the cost of while you're working, I am the, or up until last March, I was the majority present parent. Um, and so a lot of the daily things fell on me. Um, and I feel like when you first came home, I was just like, take these kids, I'm running. <laughs> I literally just wanted to be like, I just want to sleep. I don't even care about anything else. And do you remember, I, I remember that you were just like, go ahead and sleep. Because like I said, at the time, Deuce was still very much, I think he was eight months old. So we were very much thick in the midst of new baby. I was nursing still every two hours. He wasn't sleeping at night. I we remember st- that well. Yeah, we still had a three-year-old, um, a five-year-old. You know, Kylan, I think, was 10. Yes, Kylan was 10. So it was just, there was a lot of littleness going on in the house. Um and I just remember you giving me that opportunity to like sleep. I remember one day, and you'll tell me, it was more than one day where I slept to like 10. And I just remember like, this is so amazing. Like, this is so great. Like, I actually. It was amazing get... for you. <laughs> I'm sure it was cute in the beginning. When I mean, I we shifted very much. <laughs> the kids would try to say hi or talk to my coworkers. But a year later, I, I don't know how cute that is. I know. But... And we don't really do that anymore, but I just remember, like, it was just a much-needed break Um, because, I don't know, I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is or the sacrifices or how much it takes to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, So it was like when we were at home, I think you saw it. Not to say that you didn't recognize it before, but you saw it in real life. You know what I mean? And then I feel like it also gave me that opportunity to like take a moment and just breathe. But now I think we have a really good system. Rhythm. Yeah, we have a really good rhythm. We have a really good system. I'm almost like, please, Lord, let this man work from home forever because oh, no. I don't know what I'm going to do if nope. he has to go back. What do you mean now? No, I'm not trying to do that. What? You're the mm-hmm. number one person who says you. So now you're going to flip on the, on the thing and say you want to go back to work? Not immediately, but I mean, I'm no, yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna let you rock out with that one because I'm just gonna let you rock out with that one because now I'm gonna pray about it and God answers the prayers. So we just go go ahead and pray about that. You just you just prepare to work from home. <laughs> but yeah, I I just I do think that's gonna be a really interesting time for our family. That if and when you do go back to work full time, what that'll look like again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We did some really cool things over this past year. One really cool thing we didn't, um, when I say really cool things, like we have probably been the epitome of people that have like followed every rule probably to the T. I mean, I was ordering groceries that I didn't have. Actually, we probably did a whole lot (laughs) more than the average person. Like I was ordering groceries, so I didn't have to go to the grocery store. I just started going back to the grocery store this month. And I tend to try to order everything that I can. Mm -hmm. And then whatever I can't order, that's when I go in the grocery store. 
Um, we literally didn't go anywhere except for this one time, the trip, the trip that we went on for a friend's birthday, right? which took a lot of like, I feel like we thought about it pretty hard before we decided to go. And then even then we were just like, we haven't gone on a trip since our honeymoon were out. Like, <laughs> we'll just take every safety measure and go. I mean, it was kind of one of those things that if we passed up, we probably wouldn't have done anything else. Right. And so we weren't I mean, even we going out to dinner or anything. Celebrate, you know, our friend's birthday and we wanted to get away from the kids. And so I think that knowing us, we can we could do it safely. We knew, you know, to wear masks. We had good masks and had right. enough of them. <laughs> we bought like, we brought like twenty masks yeah. with us for an overnight trip. <laughs> And um, we had Lysol spray, Clorox, but we had everything. Yeah. We so. even stayed at a higher end hotel to make sure that they uh, were at their optimal cleanliness, <laughs> level of cleanliness. So we, I mean, I think it was just a matter of not, not feeding into the fear of things. I think that we were able to do it intelligently, you know, to right. do it safely. Um, but and we did it when the numbers were pretty that low. We made a, a habit of doing right. So. Yeah, like we did it when the numbers were really low. I think if it would have been like in the winter, obviously in the winter, we didn't go anywhere in the winter time. But I think we did it at a time that it kind of everything kind of aligned well for us to be able to go and do that, and it was much needed. Um, I'm happy that we did take that opportunity to get away and do that. Um, I'm looking forward to the day when, as things get a little bit better and the outside opens up a little bit more. Yeah. that we're able to get away again. What was the hardest part of either being locked down or the COVID-19 um, scare or, or, or the pandemic in general? Like, I think it's, it's two things. I think it's the fear of or the knowledge that there's something out there that can you know um ravage your body okay you know really badly and or so cause saying, death or just being locked in the house okay so i definitely know mine so i'm a germaphobe i feel like to begin with um and so i am always like when people were selling out of Clorox wipes and Lysol and stuff, I was like, why didn't y'all have that already in your house? Like we were like stocked and ready to go because it's something that I always have. Right. Mm -hmm. I get made fun of because people tell me that my kids, like they don't know what germs are because I'm over, over cleaning and everything like that. So I think for me, um, do you remember I called you? I think one time and that's when I stopped going grocery shopping when I had a panic attack because all I saw was germs and people and people with germs and it was just like <laughs> this was so but it was so like heartbreaking for me because I am an extrovert and I love being around people and it was that idea of like even now like I think what do we try to do we tried to stop by the mall like a week or two ago and I told you I was like I looked right at I was I have to get out of here like I could feel my chest beating and like I started sweating and stuff and so it's that idea of um, the fear that like you, somebody could 
cough near you or, you know, you touch something that somebody just, I don't, I don't know. So that makes me really sad because how I will reintegrate into the world, <laughs> um, I often think about because I was so like isolated, but it was because I was terrified that like the moment I would call or somebody would call for something like that, like we'd get it. And then especially yeah. knowing people then who did get it um, and watching them having to go through it and having friends who were on the front line and family members who were on the front lines and hearing their stories and stuff like that. I was just like, oh my gosh, like yeah, this is all too much. Um, in terms of like being in the house though, it was this teaching ministry that like God did not call me to do. And it has been, <laughs> it has been such a test of my own willpower because I will read to my children any day, right? I will go through the little books with them and go through their ABCs and all that stuff. But to become like last year, like a teacher and then this year, like co-teaching, but you're really teaching because you got to do, you know, the teacher gives as much as they can. And then you have to make sure you cover the rest and stuff. Right. It is just a whole lot. And then we have two. So now I had to make sure that they're both doing it. And then in addition to that, we've got the four-year-old who she wants to be in school too, but she's only four. So now I got to find something for her. And then the baby's just running around doing whatever he wants because everybody's in school. Yeah. So you got to keep him occupied too. So it's just that I like the, the teaching, like come September, we are going to get every mask that they need. And I'm looking forward to them getting an opportunity to get back to school. I do have something else, but I'm going to let you that, that will lead into my next thing, but I'll let you talk. Um, I think for me, it wasn't so much the idea of me getting sick, but the people around me, <clears throat> excuse me, the people around me getting sick. Yeah. Um, I think that the idea of the virus was very real to me. Um, the, um, the danger of, you know, being exposed and all of that, but it didn't really hit me until like somebody that was really close to me got it. And then to really hear how badly it was affecting their body and then hearing more and more people that I knew and, and loved and were very close to. Um, for me, that was probably one of the hardest things. And even though like, I don't have to, you know, go into my physical workplace for my, for my main job, I still had to go to my part-time job. Right. And, and still do. I just, you know, I think the thought of bringing something home really made me feel uneasy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, of course, you know, you do the best that you can to make sure that you're being safe for your family, whatever. I mean, the, the basically the ritual when I get in the house is take the shoes off, Lysol the, the, the shoes, um, Lysol the coat. Um, go upstairs and put my clothes directly in the washer and then go take a shower and, you know. Right. Um, so, you know, you do 
everything that you know to do to make sure that you yourself are, you know, being safe and then also that you're keeping your family and friends safe. Um, but you never know. Right. I know that there have been people who have done everything right for the most part. Um, and one little thing, it might not even been, you know, any fault of their own. And, and then, and then they're it. sick. Right. So I think it was just kind of not, not knowing if everything that you're doing is good enough. Right. If it's, if it, if it's efficient, but you know, I, I thank God that of the, uh, I guess it's not really a handful at this point, but of the people that, you know, I do know um, were sick, there was only one person, I think, that I know personally that lost their life. Right. Um, and, you know, that was a tragedy. That was very sad. But um, I think that was probably the hardest part for me. Right. And what was the hardest part about you being at home? Um, the hardest part about being home, I think, was just kind of balancing work responsibilities and duties during office hours, you know, right. which is the priority with still trying to be able to keep some um, order in the house because I can't get work done if everybody is running around and behaving crazy, crazily or, right. um, you know, just making a whole bunch of noise. So right. it was really just about finding a good balance between work and stepping in from time to time and doing whatever I can to, you know, help you out. Yeah. And once I think we were able to find a good rhythm, it became it, it became a lot easier. It's still not easy, but it, it's become a lot easier. I mean, I'm in a meeting and kids still kick down the door <laughs> and try to get in the camera and wave at people who can't see them because I don't have a webcam. And you they know, don't know that. They now know that meetings mean somebody's on the other side of the laptop and they want to see who it is. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. I think that was my other thing is like the saddest part of the pandemic is how it's affected our kids. Um, and not to say that they are so badly affected that, you know, the world won't go back, but having to kind of pull them from everything that they knew and withdraw them from all the people that they know um, has been difficult for me to see. Like our oldest, you know, her not being able to see friends and, um, really trying to navigate this because the, the younger three have each other. They were able to kind of just, especially the two in the middle, they're best friends already. And so they always had an instant playmate and somebody to, you know, hang out with or whatever. And the baby just tagged along as he started walking and crawling and everything else. So to see her just impacted in that way where, you know, I was sad because I couldn't see my friends and couldn't see family. Like, I think I just saw my dad for the first time in almost a year, right? And so it's just like things like that um, have really impacted me. Um, but to see them have to go through those things too, like, that just made me sad. But they're doing pretty good, but it's still just not the same. 
I understand. I understand what you're saying. I, I see it differently. Um, I think that while all of those concerns are relevant, are, you know, true, um, kids are resilient and what is placed before them, especially given any, you know, length of time, it just becomes normal. And I think as parents, because we know that we want better for them, it's really us. And it's not that they don't suffer. It's not that they don't feel lost. They do want to see, you know, family and friends, but the environment that we've created, I think, um, it doesn't really feel all that different outside of the activities that they're missing. Yeah, I just I just wonder what it's going to look like, though, when they start to see their friends again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like for instance, she had an opportunity to see a few people um, at her old dance studio. And the excitement and the joy. And it was just like this light in her eye was just like... Yeah. I haven't seen you guys in a year. Like, and it was just like, I don't think she was necessarily missing it per se, but when she was exposed to it again and she had that opportunity to see them, it was just like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just that, like, I do think that we've created this amazing atmosphere. Um, but I do know that they are now to the point where they're just like, we're my friends. Like, I really want to see my friends. Yeah. And I think that, but you know, I think that, what happens is it causes us to see the beauty in a lot of the things that um, were, that we didn't view as privileges. We viewed them as, um, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the word that I'm trying to say. Um, we viewed them as rights, but a lot of the things are really privileges. Yeah, you're right, you're um, right. And I think that, I hope that on the other side of this, and not just kids, I think people in general will appreciate a lot of the things that we take for granted. Right. I wish that people did not buck against trying to fix this thing um, so much, which is, I believe, the reason why it's so it's been so drawn out, but... I really wish that we would have taken advantage of this time and have done it right. Because I think on the other side of this comes gratefulness, comes, you know, thankfulness. And right. just being um, in a place where we take life more seriously, that we enjoy people um, more, that we treat people kindly and fairly, that we... Right. Um, don't stress over the little things. Um, I think, and I don't know where you were going with this, but I think like for me, one of the best things that came of this, and I won't say family first, but I'll say, and this is the reason why, I think for me, it gave me an opportunity to work on my faith. And having said that, when I became stronger in my relationship with God, it allowed me to be a better Marcus for you. Right. It made me a better father for the kids. Right. It made me a better, you know, fill in the blank. And so um, 
I think that if people, and I know that this might rub people the wrong way, but if we would have taken this thing as a time to pause, as a time to reset and see things, you know, see the beauty in things. And I think that's just a side effect of being an optimist. Um, if we could see the beauty in it, it was really a time for us to um, put things into proper perspective and focus on the things that matter the most. You know, it really does suck that this thing has really caused um, people not to be able to see the people closest to them. Um, but I think that the healthy alternatives would give us at least a little bit of, you know, something to look forward to once we're over this. And then once we're able to really embrace people in love or make a plan because some people decided to not go out and do certain things and only be around certain people because they were, you know, abstaining from doing all of those large group things. Right. And they would just hang out together, you know, amongst themselves. Yeah. But I don't know. That's That was kind of my take on it. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying is accurate in terms of even just being grateful. Like, you know, it made me change my mindset on I have to, right? I have to do this. I have to do that. Right. To I get to. I get to be around my children, mm -hmm. right? And even in the situation here, it's like, it's a blessing that I am a stay-at-home mom because I watch other friends who both parents are working and the stress of even that, right. right? So even though teaching is not really my, it's not my thing, at least I don't have to worry about anything else. So it, for that, so it's like looking for the little things to be grateful for yeah. versus trying to make this big, massive, like... Whatever. And again, like I said, and I will say it over and over again, therapy was key. God was the absolute best, you know, source. And I think ultimately we were able to, both of us, take time and really focus on our faith and just build that much more and become that much stronger. Yeah. Um, so the last thing that we'll talk about, though, is how it affected us in terms of our finances I mean, I don't want to go into it too, too detailed because we do plan on talking about a really detailed finance, you know, a whole episode we're going to dedicate to finances and where we've been and where we're going. But um, I think for us, it was very interesting that we made a decision back in February of 2020 to become very serious about our finances, right. um, only to be shut down in March. And so... We can you can talk about that a little bit if you want to or what that looked like for us without going into too many details well i think that you know kind of like i was saying before it forced you to really put things in in uh perspective and because we weren't really going out because we weren't really interacting with a lot of people because there weren't really a lot of luxuries afforded us. You know, we were, by virtue of staying safe and staying locked in, saving money. We didn't have to go to a lot of um, activities. We didn't have to 
um, it's really the activities that we <laughs> spend a lot of money, you know, traveling to. I mean, I did. I also didn't have to commute, you know, to my first job. So we saved a lot of money in gas. We saved a lot of money in buying clothes. Yeah, I mean, but I would say anywhere, wisdom. So we didn't have to buy a lot of clothes. Um, I think that it was just a matter of... Um, prioritizing and, and and sticking to a budget, one of the things like Kisa was saying is that we um, we had goals. And so we had to really cut down on a lot of things that, you know, we would have classified as wasteful spending. And even some of the things that we may have thought were um, necessities, we were still trying to be um, you know, budget-minded and to search around, to shop around and see what the best price we can get for this or what things were absolutely necessary. What? I'm going to say you're giving too many details. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have had... You, you, listen, <laughs> but if I you said had not idea, too many details because we are going to do an episode, so you're giving too many details and that's going to defeat the whole purpose of a whole well, other episode. Well, then I stopped <laughs> And I'll let you finish. <laughs> no, but I, was I didn't just, think that was too much, but go ahead. Yes, you're like, we were shopping and we had all the, like, we saved all this. That's details. <laughs> but I think in terms of like spending and budgeting overall, we were able to use wisdom. And it was wisdom that, you know, God really orchestrated this thing because we made this commitment in February. We got it shut down in March and we could have gone many different ways. And we were, you know, we were fortunate that we were able to keep all of the income that we had throughout this year. So I would right. be remiss to believe that, you know, or to not say that there were, you know, my heart breaks for those who lost their incomes or for those who, Absolutely. you know, didn't know how to do Absolutely. things. So I think for us, it was just like grateful every single day that there wasn't a loss of income yeah. um, and that we were able to do the things that we set out to do. Um, as a result of being in. So I think, I don't know if our situation is unique. I feel like a lot of people around us and in our inner circle have had the same experience. Um, but I also know that the reality is that's not what majority of America had over this past year. So, right. um, yeah, we were able to stay safe. We were able to stay healthy. We've been locked in. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the end of the episode, and now we have the nugget of knowledge. And yeah. you look confused. Do you not have one? Um, I don't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think I was so busy just trying to make sure that I could remember what this last year's been. No, I think I have one, so let me hurry up because I'm going to forget it. Um, but it was what I said earlier. I really want to emphasize that is change your mindset and change even your wording um, because words hold power, right? And mm -hmm. so what we say can really put a whole like stamp on how our day is going to go, how we perceive a thing. And so for me, one of the biggest things was is to stop looking at I have to. And things for me, it was like, I have to cook or I have to get in, log in to school with the kids or I have to do all these different things. And instead of it's I get to. Um, I get right. to be healthy. I get to um, 
I get to log in with the kids with no issues. You know, I get to um, cook every day because I get to have food in my refrigerator that I get to cook. Like, so it's things like that. It's like um, just really making sure that I am remaining appreciative, grateful, um, and really just giving God all the praise for allowing us to be where we are today, one year later. Right. That's good. This actually, I think, very close, very similar to what I was going to share. Um, I think that, you know, this time has been a beautiful struggle. Um, and what I mean by that is, obviously, there were a lot of things that we could see as negative and a lot of things that, you know, we could say that this is just the worst time ever to be alive and so on and so forth. Right. But I think that, you know, where are we put our focus is really where, what we'll remember of this. Right. And, um, you know, I think about a lot of the things that occurred in the Bible, you know, were just as bad, even worse than what we're going through now. And I think that really what will cause you to see, you know, whatever the thing is behind the thing is to keep your eyes, you know, set on God and really seek him because nothing happens outside of, you know, him allowing it to happen. And so to me, even though I won't necessarily say that God did this, I'm not saying that he didn't, but he allowed it. And so for that, you know, there is resource, there's strength, there is everything that, you know, we need to make it through. And even though, yes, I will say that, you know, this season is not ideal, it sucks, but we can still look and see the beauty in, in terms of, um, you know, what things we can learn from it, how we can grow and be more resilient. And so to just really focus on the beauty, the silver lining, however you want to look at it. Yeah. And hopefully that was kind of what we were painting and sharing, you know, what the, the last year has been like for us. It hasn't always been easy. It hasn't always been fun. It has hasn't been always. It's been a very, whole trial. <laughs> very trying. But I think that the attitude that we've had we've has chosen been to. very, you know, very positive mindsets and, and really just celebrating the beauty that, has come in it and really just putting a lot of emphasis there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And like I said, we definitely plan on soon. Um, we do plan on soon um, creating an entire episode just dedicated to what finances have been like since we made that decision in February. And there you will see when we say it has been a struggle year, <laughs> mm -hmm. you will see a lot of what we mean. Um, and the things that we had to go through and overcome. Yeah. Um, but we are just so grateful to have you guys as a part of our community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We, <laughs> we want to hear from you and what your past year has looked like during this shy. pandemic. So feel free to go to our Facebook page, Hughes of Love. Comment. Yeah. Like all the things and let us know what your last year has been. And if it has been a trying year, you know, let us know. We'd love to pray for you. Absolutely. Um, we'd love to hold you up. 
Um, Closed mouth don't get fed. Right. <laughs> um, so thank you again so much to, for listening. Um, we will see you soon. And on the see you, we'll see you soon. We will. Yeah, I guess what else will you see? We'll talk to y'all soon. <laughs> think Until of the next like, episode. <laughs> I was trying to think of like, wait, we won't physically see people. So what is it? But until the next episode, keep on loving. Keep on loving.